You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. the Finnish football show. I'm Mark Wiltshire and for this episode joined by Rich Nelson. Hi Rich. Hello. And we got a jam-packed show. This was supposed to be a Helmet match report episode and it will be that but we've um, we've got a long list of other bits and pieces that you've uh, you found for us today Rich. So we'll be we'll be looking through some of those things such as well Vakas Liga updates regarding Honka and new manage more management changes since the last episode and we'll also look at uh, Liga Cup uh, draw for next season Hoyiko in Europe and uh, a few bits and pieces for the men's national team as well so i think i think we better get cracking straight away rich if you're ready yeah, go on. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover today. We certainly have. And let's start with the two final Nations League games for the, the women's national team, the Helmerit. And it started with a resounding victory, Finland 6, Romania 0. And I'm, I'm the one that watched these games, so I'm going to be doing the heavy lifting in the first half of the show, and Rich is going to take over in the second half of the show, and I can put my feet up and ask annoying questions that you won't be <laughs> expecting. Um, this this first game was probably as as one sided as everyone expected. Although I'm not sure any of us predicted six nil in the uh, in the preview show, but it it started pretty much from the very beginning. Um, first minute and Romania were attacking. Uh, Finland sort of won it on the edge of their box, broke away really quickly, and. Eventually, the ball was played over the top for uh, Jutta Rantala, I think, and she had a shot that cannoned off the crossbar. It sent snow flying everywhere. It was very dramatic looking. If the ball had gone in, it would have been a it would have been a beauty. But um, it it kind of set the set the tone for the first twenty minutes or so, where Finland had lots of the ball. They created quite a lot of chances, but just couldn't quite put it away. And it was a, a combination of of sort of defending from Romania and a bit of wasteful uh, finishing, really, from the, the Finland team. And it was on the, the 27th minute where, I guess, things really turned against Romania, where they got a red card. And it was it was completely fair. Red card, ball was played over the top. Um, I think it was Linda Selstrom that had broken through and the defender kind of came behind her and just clipped her ankles, sent her, sent her flying, but she was the pretty much the last defender and and Finland would have had a sort of clear attack on goal. So the uh, the old red card was brandished and uh, from there on in it was sort of downhill for Romania. Uh, on the on the 30th minute and, and one one person that really caught my eye uh, particularly while I was watching the highlights uh, today was Orna Siren who was just so she was winning the ball and she was winning the ball quite high up, sort of just behind that forward line. And, you know, not letting Romania get 
out out with the ball and and then sort of starting those attacks really high up the pitch and uh, she she did this in the 30th minute she played the ball out wide to Emma Koivisto who crossed it along the deck and there was Selstrom just in front of the goal to to flick it up over the goalkeeper it was a nice finish it was all all sort of one touch and and just flicks it over the keeper into the into the net and then six minutes later 36 minutes she kind of repaid the favor this time the ball was played to her towards the uh, the edge of the box and she played it first time into into the danger zone right in front of the goal and this time it was Rhea Erling that came in and, and poked the ball under the keeper and I think if that if that wasn't enough then Selstrom got her second goal uh, on 41 minutes uh, a really a really nice finish the ball played through to her by Ornasiren again and it was this lovely sort of lofted high chipped shot over the over the top of the keeper um really really nice guy I mean she's she's a, a really top goal scorer for the for the Finland women's team and uh Finland went in three nil three nil up a one one woman advantage and Linda Selstrom had two more in her pocket and and let's be fair the game was the game was uh, pretty much over by then. Um, looking, looking at the at the highlights and looking at the stats again. What's what's interesting is that there were like a few players that scored a goal and had an assist. So everybody, you know, of course, even the even the sort of the wide defenders, because Emma Koivisto was among them, scoring and creating goals and and a real a real kind of team effort. It's um it's one of those cliches, isn't it? Everyone was getting in on the act against a ten ten person Romania. Um, it was nice to see obviously Selstrom got two, but um, yeah, definitely a, a bit of a sharing out. And, and um, I guess three nil in each half was a uh, nice for fans of symmetry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the the fourth goal was from Emma Koivisto on the seventy um, second minute across. Well, as a shot actually came in from the left hand side of the box, uh, maybe from Yuttarantala, and the goalkeeper sort of pushed it out um, and Goivistol came in at the at the back post to slide in and, and put it home. Um, Orna Savenius got her first goal, I think, for the, uh, for the national team in 84 minutes. This was a, a ball played through the defence on the, on the deck by Ria Erling and Savenius um, Drove it home. Would drive. It was a drive. She drove it home under the under the goalkeeper to make it five, and it was that woman again, Orna uh, Siren, who uh, who set up the final goal, playing the ball through to Anni Hartikainen on the left hand side of the box, and and she sort of fired it high, hard over the keeper. I think the keeper got fingertips to it. Possibly a taller keeper would have got more of a hand, and and she'll probably be disappointed not to not to keep it out. But it was um, it was in. Artikainen had an, another shot with an acrobatic kind of bicycle kick right at the end, and 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 to be honest, Finland hit the bar two or three bar and posts two or three times during the game, so it could easily have got up into into double figures. But it finished Finland nil uh, six Romania nil. Yeah, and um, at that point, Finland played five, won five, hadn't conceded a goal yet. So um, uh, that that had um, sealed promotion to League A, 
Uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, one thing I will mention, and I, I shouldn't dwell too much, but um, Annie Hartikainen that you mentioned there. Um, Go on. The day after this um, was the Captain's Ball Award, which is the uh, Finnish Football Association kind of gala for each for the year and uh, handing out awards. And she won the Cancelin uh, and Liga Player of the Year. Uh, so she plays for Cups and uh, she has such a good evening out at the uh, at the event that uh, she missed, she overslept and missed the flight to um, Slovakia for the uh, the following match. And you say uh, overslept, I was thinking over celebrated, but but uh, a bit of column A, a bit of column B, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, we um, it's it's a shame because obviously coming on and scoring, I think that was her first Finland goal, uh, the sixth there, and um, very much being made an example of um i know there was some criticism about would this have been the same for the men's team um i i i don't know I there mean, was a bit of criticism beforehand yeah. actually wasn't there that why was this gala event being held in between two hmm. helmeted games and I, I think it was sort of a, a scheduling thing and yeah. uh, that that's what it was put down to like hmm. that when when would be a better time to do it and they yeah. they pulled the 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 game forward it was supposed to be played that Romania game on hmm. the Friday yeah. and they pulled it forward a day earlier so at least the players could go hmm. to the to the game but um yeah yeah it's, so, it's tough she's a young player who hopefully that's her punishment. She missed the yeah. next game and she'll be back in the score because she has been terrific the last few games. Yeah, and I mean, you know, pl- player of the year, she won the double with Cups this season and and breaking into the Finland squad. And, you know, we've seen um, over the, the last year or so since um, Marco Salavanta took over as coach, you know, he knows these players from the age group teams and has been introducing them in, whereas under the old regime, we did talk about very much a close shot. So I think... She's a poster girl for that kind of progression. So I think hopefully, as you say, you know, she's had a very public telling off. She's been removed from the squad and, and you know, let's be honest, she may well have started that last game and, you know, maybe she'll think twice next time and, and maybe others will too. But um, but again, you know, going into that game um, away, five wins out of five, it's not a bad place to be really in the, the top of League B. No, absolutely not. And the, uh, the the game against Slovakia, I mean, I, I hadn't appreciated quite when the game kicked off that Slovakia had managed to lose to Croatia <laughs> the Friday before. And it put Slovakia in a lot of trouble in the in the league table, or in the group table, sorry. Um, and they really needed to beat Finland. And I thought we were going into a game where Finland have won, Slovakia were safe in second, and I just hadn't hadn't quite clocked it. Um, and I think that that desire they had, that real need to pick up the three points, was evident in the in the game. It's a very different game. It was also a very different Finland team. I mean, I think it it wouldn't be necessarily fair to say a weaker team because you look at the at the side and they're all players that have been playing lately um not all necessarily starting but there's there weren't any sort of it wasn't like a a young team or an inexperienced team um and and Slovakia were a lot more competitive the 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 reverse fixture in uh played at home in Finland finished Finland for Slovakia nil so I think we were going into this quite confident that we'd we'd get the win we as in 
the Finnish football show was going into it quite confident we'd get the win. And it was a much tighter game. I mean, Finland took the lead in the in the second minute with a a, a goal from Ellie Pikkuyamsa. Again, ball played through through the defence, and she she came came in down the left hand side and uh, and tucked the ball away and gave gave Finland the dream start. But while I was watching the game, I was thinking, I don't know, it didn't feel like there was much going on. I mean, and and when you look at the highlights, the that there are big gaps between the highlights that they that they showed after that after that um, second minute opener. I think the next highlight they showed was in the fourteenth minute, and that's kind of how it felt a little bit. Um, what I would say again is the highlights showed a lot more from Finland than from Slovakia, and I think they they're generally fairly even handed. So you know if the if there are chances for the opposition, we get to see those chances and there's no limit it's not like you've got five minutes to squeeze in what you can you know the Romania highlights were 14 minutes I think one of the Croatia games had five minutes <laughs> so they they clearly put a bit of effort into these and and just didn't have so much didn't have so much to show um the uh, the other thing I would say in this game is that uh, uh Tinni Korpela in goal for Finland pulled off two or three Really, really good saves. Really important save, but very, very good saves. Um, one before the uh, the Slovakia equaliser, where the ball was sort of just not cleared a couple of times, and a, a sort of shot was uh, sort of headed at her from close range, and she got down and flicked it, flicked it away, and, and clear it. No, well out of the box with her with her save. Um, but again, it, it was it was that kind of defensive indecisiveness that kind of led to the uh to the equalizing goal the ball wasn't cleared a couple of times and it it landed at the feet of one of the uh oh, the, the Croatia forward Lemisova who from about a third of the way into the box drove it low into the bottom left hand corner uh Corpilla dived couldn't quite get to it I don't know if she was unsighted um, it didn't seem to be so far away from her, but she didn't didn't get to it, and uh, that was that was one one one, and that was the uh, that was the halftime halftime score. Um, in the in the second half, Slovakia then went two one two one up, and this was another um, another one where it wasn't quite clear. The forward was breaking through in the middle of the goal, uh, rode rode past a couple of challenges, and then. Um, hurled it left foot in, you know, part again past uh, Tini Corpula's right hand into the uh, into the bottom corner, and uh, it was a it was a lovely strike. But I, I just felt like it, both goals could have been defended better. Yeah, and then the final goal, um, the the ball was uh, played out wide on on Finland's left, cut cut in on on the edge of the box, played back to Jutta Rantala, and she hit this long high. Shot that floated over the over the top of the goalkeeper into the far right hand top corner of the goal, and that was basically the end of the uh, the end of the goal scoring action. And there was still time for uh, Tinni Corpola to put off one more amazing save. It was it was almost like a carbon copy of Finland's second goal, and the ball was going high into the top corner, and she managed to get right up there, full stretch. And uh, and tip it tip it over to save 
save the point for Finland. And we were saying before that Slovakia really needed that win. Only getting a draw basically condemned them to uh, third place in the group. And somehow Croatia got through. I mean, I, I thought Croatia were weak in this group, but they they managed to get a couple of results in the last in the last few games or last two games and squeak through. They beat Romania 1-0, they beat Slovakia 2-0, and that was six of their nine points right at the end. That's tournament football for you. As we saw the the men's national team, they lose three in a row in uh, in Euro qualifying and that was then done. So um yeah it's uh, it's amazing what a little bit of run of form or otherwise can do for you. And I think Rich we'll just have a little bit of admin because uh, we although um Eli Pikuyamsa was credited with the first goal in that Slovakia game, it was actually uh Alanen that scored it. So let's let's give credit where it's credit where it's due. Um my app that I'm looking at in front of me has got some wrong data. So oh. I'm taking none of the uh, none <laughs> of the blame. <laughs> That's um, how we work. How yeah, we it's work. quite quite right. So, um, so as as uh, you said, that left Finland at the top of the table with uh, fifteen, uh, six, 16 points from six games. Second place, Croatia, with nine points. So as we just said, six in their last two games and nine points, and Slovakia won from their last two games. End up on. Eight points and not qualifying. Um, Rich, do you know how the final final positions here feed into the next Nations League, but and also into Euro qualifying? Um, yeah, so the actually the next tournament is Euro twenty twenty five qualifying, which is entirely formed as a Nations League tournament uh, because Finland have now been promoted to League A from winning that group um so how it works is the top two teams in each group go qualify straight for the next euros which is in switzerland in in what, about 18 months time um the teams that finish third and fourth in that group will play a playoff uh, against they'll be drawn against the winners and third best runners up from league c okay. so finland or at least will be guaranteed at least that yeah um, yeah some sort of playoff yeah so there's a playoff there and there's also a playoff between um teams who do well in league b so and then there's like a final tournament so um th the only way to guarantee qualifying is to finish in the top two um looking at the teams who will be in league a uh for the next round it's going to be quite a challenge i think mm, finland, yeah though, um, i think i think so yeah, so you're looking at, I mean, the, the teams who won their groups, France, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, Austria, Denmark, England, Italy. So England will be playing one of each of these groups, I, I think. Um, then promoted with Finland were Czechia, Poland, and Republic of Ireland. And then there'll be playoffs um, for the other places. So that's where Croatia managed to, mm. their point actually gives them a chance of playing in Ligue 1 next time around, amazingly. So, so... But these, so the the after this Nations League, the the obviously we have the the kind of there's teams that qualify for the Olympics, and there's also yeah. a final competition of this Nations League, mm. and then the the countries are given their new positions based on promotion and relegation, and that then forms the levels or the leagues for the Euro qualifying. 
Yes. Yes. After and and you've just explained how that Euro qualifying works, but yeah. the next Nations League after that, are those positions still based on this Nations League? No, no. So this doubles as a Nations League tournament and a Euro qualifying tournament. Is that right? So the so the promotion and relegation also happens at the end of that, according to this website. Right, I, I believe this. you. It's all yes. It's all promotion. Moving, yep, yep. Promotion and relegation will also be at stake ahead of the following Nations League tournament. The winners, runners-up and third place will stay in League A and the um, other teams will be relegated. Yeah, okay, okay. I, 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 I like the... I think, I think the Euro competition hmm. kind of mirror the Nations League will make it easier for us all to follow yeah, what's I, going on in the long term. I wonder if I wonder if this will feed into... I mean, again, they, they tend to experiment with the women's game more and and mm. I guess I wonder if that might might turn into a men's thing at some point because you kind of imagine that you know here in qualifying you're going to have teams of similar levels playing each other to qualify for these tournaments oh, yeah, whereas that's true. That's whereas you think like in the men's obviously you have the argument that oh Malta shouldn't be there Gibraltar shouldn't be yeah, there whereas, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously the Nations League is generally more closely matched so and and therefore the seeding is the fact that the top two teams in each League A yeah. group go straight through, yeah. and then the next two get a playoff, and there are fewer and fewer playoff positions with yeah. the teams lower and lower down. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, so again, so again, um, so the draw for this will be in early March 2024, and the games will be starting in early April. So not long at all. You know, before the Olympics have started, before the finals, they go straight into this. Yes, and listener, I've got all the all the kind of um, graphics and links and everything in the in the blog post to accompany this. So wherever you're watching or listening, just have a look down below, and you'll see the link right at the top of the uh, description there. Because I want to make it as easy as possible for you. There's also links to the highlights from the Pallolito, and I mean, there's, there, there's so much there. Hmm. Just get listen to this, and then get into the get into the uh, blog post or if as we go through the news, you'll find a link for each, each article in there as well. But I, I think Rich, let's, uh, it's half time. Hmm. Let's, let's crack on with the, with the news section. And we've got many different stories to cover here. Um, I thought as we've been talking about international football, maybe the first thing, for the men's national team, the Hawkeyad is the Euro 2024 playoff games or mm. game really, which is taking place Thursday, 21st of March. Um, Wales away to Finland. Have you got your ticket? Um, no, I haven't yet. I'm relying on Keke to sort that out. It's oh, right. actually, yeah, Finland away to Wales. So, um, yes, yeah. So, uh, so I'm waiting for Keke to sort that out for me, but, um, but yeah, what, um, what's happening there is obviously the winner of that game will be at home to the winner of the Poland-Estonia match. Um, so ideal, well, I mean, in an ideal world, Finland would go through and then they'd post. But um, what Palolito have done to kind of protect themselves a little bit and not to have five days notice to warm up for a game is um, they've also said if they do lose to Wales, then they'll still host another game on that day and it'll be against the loser of Poland and Estonia. Um so it's going to be tricky. I'm not sure how they're going it's to a do tough that. Sale, isn't it? If it's it could be it could be Poland in yeah. a, you know, a final versus Estonia in a friendly. 
Yeah, so they're going to be waking up on that Friday morning after the Wales game going, I hope we're not getting 20,000 returns. <laughs> yeah, but, um, that's true. Yes. That's true. Um, I mean, it costs a lot of money to to sort. I think they're they're planning. I think it's ninety five percent certain they'll play at the Olympia Stadium. But uh, I mean, that that's going to cost them several hundred thousand euros just to get it ready. So um, mm. it's. I mean, that the benefits of qualifying will sort it out. But if they don't, yes, as you say, it'll be a. It could well be a, a glamour friendly against Estonia in March. So. Okay, that's yeah, that's good to, good to know. Um, um, and and Estonia is interesting, isn't it? Because they're 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 in the sort of the League C League of D. the a D, sorry, of the yeah. Nations League, yeah. And how did they get into these qualifiers? Um, I think kind of by default. I think they kind of just because the, they get a playoff somewhere and the vacancy was in that division and they right, just kind okay. of got thrown in and it was kind of like, I mean, it's not great for them because, I mean, they're going to be away to Poland and away to Wales or Finland. Yeah, so, it's, a um, tough, it's a tough run. But, but yeah. hey, they've got a, a chance. It's a treat. Yeah. is a day out um yeah. and there but then before this we've got the um the draw for the next men's nation league yes um, okay. which takes place on the 8th of february uh finland will be in league b again um after they came second in the last campaign and uh but uh they're gonna have some interesting opponents joining them now because who's come of... up and come down that's that's caught your eye well, well, um, coming up from League C is our old friends Kazakhstan, um, but uh, coming down from League A is more interesting. You have Austria, who are actually quite good at the moment, mm. uh, Czechia, Wales, and England. England come down, do they? Yeah, I didn't. I, I see. I haven't paid close enough attention to what England have been doing. I didn't realize they got relegated. They came bottom yeah, of their group. They did. So, um, so um, Finland will be in pot two for that draw. And they will play one of those teams will be in pot one. So, uh, well, obviously the Finnish football show would be delighted if it, if England were in the in the group. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we, why, we've, why not? We've talked about it before. I think Finland haven't played England since two thousand one. Was that the Beckham game? Uh, yes. Yeah. Where, um, yeah. Littman and broke his arm when he was playing for Liverpool at the time. The game was at Liverpool. I think Finland were winning. Like, Real Atty scored first. And uh, England came out to win, but uh, but yeah, that'd be a nice treat. Um, so, yeah, it would. So um, yeah, so the draw for that's in February, and uh, the games kick off in the autumn, and that will then feed into qualifying potentially for the next World Cup. Yes. Okay. Very very good. Okay, we've mentioned the captain's ball with regards to um, Anni Hartigainen. Um, any any other notable um, prize winners there that you want to just mention? I suppose the the standout ones in terms of the the names that people recognise. Uh, the Finland men's player of the year was Lukas Vitetsky. Female player of the year was Natalie Koika. Uh, the under twenty one player of the year was Otso Limata after his outstanding year. Um, now playing in Portugal. Uh, I suppose a couple of the others um, that like through the the Bakehouse Liga you had. Um, the coach of the year, Yossi Norella from, from VPS. And sort of going through, they have awards for all different levels of the game. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the uh, the rookie of the year. Someone we've talked about a fair bit was uh, Topi Keskinen, the uh, left wing of Oiko. And uh, the Vegas League player of the year was uh, Peter Michael, the uh, couldn't stop scoring. No, that's true. And oh. and I saw that Marley Gunningas was uh, Bojan Radulovic, which is, which is fair, but Peter Michael ran him 
pretty close in the last second half of the season. So it's good yeah. to see them both get their get their names on the on the list there. Um, yeah. Um but yeah, a lot of grassroots kind of players. Um uh Harry Ahola won the football report of the year. He does runs for a tour in Salamat. Uh Thomas Galvez, New Finland left back uh, promising young men's player of the year. As well yes. boys under twin ones. I, I think I, I also I also saw um that yeah so so you mentioned that Annie Hartkainen got the player of the year for the Kanslin Liga hmm. but Lotta Lindstrom got the Mali Kuningata the yes. goal the goal queen goal not queen. the goal king um and she's just started to break into the national team in recent games as well so it's uh, it's interesting to see these names pop up in different places and getting that getting that kind of recognition yeah, uh, there was one. Um, here we go. There was one Asiko player in there, so I have to give a <laughs> shout out to Murillo Asiko for the uh, for the uh, I guess the assist <laughs> assister assister or assistant of the year. I guess setting up the most the most goals in the Vakehouse Liga. Um, so you know we'll take every small possible trophy. It's a trophy. Medal. It's a trophy. <laughs> it's what we got. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on from the uh, captains, but again, all the links are in the are in the blog post there. So, I think we talked maybe in the last show about the situation at, or you you talked about Honker being in trouble, and you talked about other clubs with financial sort of hmm. challenges. Um, but maybe give the listener an update on what actually happened with Honker and their Vakehouse Liga place. Um, so essentially, Honker's owning company, Esport. Uh, basically pulled all funding from the club or from the, from the men's first team. And the men's team are basically, they kind of done what they did before when this happened in 2014 was they basically reformed into themselves and they've basically taken, so they've re- relinquished their place in the Vakehouse Liga and have reformed using their academy side who play in Kakonen, uh, which is now, not the third tier, but now the fourth tier mm, finish mm. football. Um, but as such, um, yeah, so the main, uh, the Honka team who came uh, third in 2022 and had a decent, uh, played in the cup final uh, this year, they're now no longer owned by the company that owned them and have basically been yeah, reabsorbed back into their old kind of community side of things. It's all very strange, but yeah, as I say, they got to the end of the year and, um, players hadn't been paid and I think they they got into that um Euro Euro playoff final the players hadn't been paid the captain Henry Alto was very very vocal about it mm-hmm. saying, we've not been paid what's going on no one tells us anything and they're hearing everything in the newspapers and of course then within a week I think the club had essentially folded um, yeah it's, it's strange as you say but it's also really sad as well I mean it's terrible. sad for the for the players for the fans the fact that it's happened twice in the space of 10 years oh yeah i mean this is this is the thing i mean they made nearly a million euros last year off the sale of two players mm-hmm. so it's a room Modesto to i aik and um agon sadiku as well left uh so they made best part of a million euros they were complaining that the cost of traveling to their conference league qualifier cost you know they, they were out of pocket because mm-hmm. of that um 
are generally just terribly run. And I think uh, at one point the the former owner said, well, I don't know what the players are complaining about. Um, they will get paid anyway by essentially welfare or their salaries are protected by the, the salary, salary security system. So um, that may, that may yeah. well be true, but that is nowhere near the point. Mate. Yes. And the fact is that he didn't pay them and they have to wait three or four months. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were players, I think it was Clesio Balk uh, from Mozambique. He was off on international duty. His family were in Espo and basically stranded because contractually the club were meant to pay for them to return. Hmm to their own country and they were left stranded in Finland because the club basically went, right, we're not honoring your contract now. Um, So it's terrible. And, um, and yeah, and what happens with these situations is the players start getting cherry picked. Um, I mean, obviously, Ashiko have done quite well out of it. I was going to say, Ashiko seems to have the the tallest cherry picker so far. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the the coach, uh, Vassara, has gone to Inter, replacing uh, Mr. Gropi, uh, Jarkovic, allegedly. Um, so he's gone to Inter now. He took over today, actually, the time of recording. Okay. That was his first day in a job. Um, and yes, Asiko have picked off three of the most promising youngsters. So they've done very well. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a, a couple of people say that these are really good, really good acquisitions. Mm. I, I don't know the, these players from, from reputation, but Rope, Paunio, Dario, Namo and Lauri Laine. Um, Liners, I I saw Liner at the start of last season at Cups. He was excellent, really good. And I think uh, Namo came. He had a bit of a cameo in that kind of last run of games. He scored a very nice goal in one of them. He, he looked really promising. I don't know a lot about Paulinho, but uh, the three very good young players and and going to um to Asikosh probably get quite a few minutes. Well, we do like a young player. We'll come on to that in uh, in a moment. Uh, well, the other the other part of that story, Rich, was that Gnistan are coming up. Uh, that's the plan. Um, ah, so, okay. So Vekas Liga have essentially a pecking order of who would be first dibs on a place if a club don't get a license to to play. So uh, Gnistan, as the runners up in the promotion playoff, um, they get first dibs. They've applied for a license. I think. They kind of, I, I'm assuming they got a nudge at some point that Hong Kong were unlikely to fulfil mm. their place. So they, uh, they've put in a licence application. That might not, I'd be surprised if that comes out before Christmas. Um, but yes, they will probably, if they can fulfil that, take the place and, uh, and play in Vegas League next year. And they've been um, busy recruiting as well. They they have. They're, they're, there's a, a very useful blog post on the Vakehouse Liga website that Rich sends to the rest of us every year and tells us to bookmark this bookmark this page. It lists all of the transfers for each club, ins and outs. Um, now, what I would say is Gnistan are on that list. Um, mm. So there's a hint that they might be expecting to be in the Vakehouse Liga next year. Uh, well, that, that, again, that, that's the plan. And I think assuming that they meet the Palo Litos regulations, um, they will. Uh, they're also... We can talk about this shortly. They're also in the Liga Cup. So, yes. Um, so, uh, Gnistan have signed Yuka Raitala from yes. Hoiko today. Um, he was released. Um, it was. It's difficult because it has not come out very well for Hoiko. He's played many games from over the last two years since he's come back to Finland. Um, and from the article I read in Helsing and Salamat today, he was basically told by Aki Rialati, you're not welcome here. You, you can go. 
Mm. You know, for, for someone who's played a lot and done generally very well for Hoyko mm. over the last two years, this leaves a bit of a sour taste. And um, needless to say, he's been left out of the squad for Hoyko's final European game this season for personal reasons. Ah, oh, it's a bit tight. Come on, give him a yeah. give him a goodbye. Yes, um, give, um, him, give him a day a day trip, a day trip yes. somewhere warmer. Anyway. Nice, nice trip to Greece. Um, yeah, well, there but, you go. But um, but they Gnistan have got Yussi uh, Lepelati as their coach. He was the manager of Cotepe for most of last season before he was sacked. Um, yeah. He replaces Jonas Rantanen, who was the coach who's now the manager of Ilves. Yes. Okay. Like that merry-go-round. We I think we played oh. the music last time. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll lay off. This time. Am I D- Dougal or Zebedee? I can't remember. No. <laughs> you you can you can choose. Um, <laughs> yes, you you mentioned Liga Cup, so the draw for the Liga Cup has been made, and it's the same format as last year for this competition. Um, yeah, so essentially, it's geographically uh, kind of regional side. You've got the the teams in the south, uh, being Group A: Ekinas, Inter, Nistan, Hoiko, Mariham, and Lati. And Group B are the more northern sides, or north and west, of uh, Oulu, Haka, Ilves, Kups, Asiko, and VPS. I think yeah. it's, it was, um, yeah, the top two from each group going to the semi-finals, I believe. But yeah, they, right. that, so they the games start in January. The fixtures will be out soon. But um, they start in January, and this is where we start seeing they have different regulations, so they're not formal games. So you get trialists and people turning up who no one's ever heard of and probably never hear of again, score a couple of goals and most of the games will be played indoors as well. Where if you're, if you're lucky to get in or lucky, it's not so difficult to get in, but if you decide to go along, you might get a view standing next to the commentator um, (laughs) with a view over the linesman's shoulder. It's quite, it's quite surreal. It's not my favorite way to watch football. Um, At least as you could, Wolfsport, then they have the mezzanine area, so at least you get a slum elevation on an exercise bike. So this is, yeah, there is a mezzanine up there, which is sort of part of the the Wolfsport gym. But you're behind a mesh, obviously like a net to stop the ball coming up there. And yes, often fans are sitting on exercise bikes watching watching the game. It's, like I say, it's a bit surreal, really. And you've got not the best view. It's not bad, but it's not the best view of a game. It's it's strange. I mean, we went in there that time we we met Simo, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, and that was a weird kind of, and that was just to pop in. I mean, I can't imagine watching a game in, I mean, but essentially a municipal leisure centre. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, no, that's true. I mean, a, a municipal leisure centre owned by the club, so you know they yeah. have they have they have first dibs, and it's a good, um, I guess, like a lot of clubs having that resource to to bring in the revenue is is a mm. good thing. But I just don't. I don't know. You're indoors, but you're cold for starters. Mm. And I don't know. You don't get much of a view of the game, and then when you watch them on TV. The cameras aren't much higher or further back than your nose anyway. So mm. it's not the best. It's not the best. And I, I, you know. It's um it's glorified preseason. Yeah, I I I think so. But it is competitive and it gives it gives some build up to the season. And I think if they play it in it says tentatively January, but it's generally like February, February, March, and then a couple of weeks break and then the season starts again in uh, in April. Yeah, so I think uh, you might get the odd one in January. But I mean, the clubs are back. In, most of them are coming back into pre-season now 
this this week actually. I think a few have started, whereas Haiko is still playing from last year. So yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. That actually today, like they, um, they that they're still playing and they're going to have their winter holiday starting kind of now, whereas the other clubs have had theirs and are now coming back to the uh, to the to the training, which is somehow that also seems really early, like. It's a month off. I suppose they they have a, about four or five weeks off, come back and train for a few weeks, then have a little bit of a Christmas holiday, and then back in first or second week of of January, and away you go through the rest of the through the rest of the year. Mm. Um, okay, well, the next the next thing is that the, I think last time we spoke, um, it was announced that Joaquin Gomez had left Asicor, and it was being speculated upon who would be coming in to be the next manager. And I heard people around here say, oh, it's definitely going to be Simo, or it's going to be um, Tony Korkiakunas, and, you know, all these people who definitely knew who it was going to be. Um, then there was a story about 10 days ago in the local paper saying, Ashiko are going to give the job to uh, last year's academy manager, Stevie Grieve. Um, but how can this be? He doesn't have his license, and you know, Ashiko are going to break all the rules. And you know, there was a, a a bit of a storm of noise online and in the in the papers. Um, around this time, also, it was announced that Tony Lettinen was leaving Yiyiko Yuvascular as as head coach and moving to a Vakaus Liga team that was unnamed at that time. Um, it was then announced on Monday the fourth of December that the, the two of them are, are both going to be um, running the first team together. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not sure exactly of the, of, of the technicalities of that, but I, I know the rules are that to be first team coach or head coach, you have to have your FIFA pro license or be studying for it. And I think Tony Lettinen is studying for it, but the club said that they will do everything to help Stevie to do that. So I guess as long as he starts studying, gets mm. his backpack and pencil case out and and sort of starts studying, then it's okay anyway. Um, so <laughs> I did I did send him a, a message around the time that that story broke in the local newspaper because he was talking last year about yeah we want to create chaos and get the team promoted to the Vegas Liga. And I and it had been quiet for a month or so. And I sent him a message and said, I guess you're back in town because the chaos has started again. And I just got a kind of face palm emoji come back to me, like, oh, I haven't even started yet, kind of kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're the club are back in today. And I I think the the actually core fans are feeling really positive about this. The Academy, I watched them a bit last year. Um as the club has talked about a lot, you know, Asiko had the youngest Vakaus Liga team and the youngest uh, Ukkonen team last year, average age. And when you're that young, 20, under 21 years old, anyway, the academy team on average, you know, there's going to be inconsistency there. But they were considered to be exciting. And, and Stevie's told me that that's his kind of, um, that's his ethos playing football he wants to be more exciting and more attacking or his ethos is more exciting and more attacking than maybe we've had the last couple of years um and there was a really interesting 
article. I, I sent it to you guys over the weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. It was quite long and tactical about how how Asicor Academy lined up last year, three different potential formations, depending on who they're playing against, and how that formation changed in attack and how, how the players moved around into their into different positions, depending on whether they were attacking or defending. And I've had a couple of people say to me, like, wow, this sounds exciting. Like, I watched the academy last year. They were good to watch. And if we can get some of that in the first team, I'm up for this. And to go from very flat from July onwards last that last season to <laughs> already starting to think next season might be positive, it shows you the, the madness of being a football fan, really. Absolutely. I think what, what was going on with Asikor was I think that that first half of the season, people were so excited to see this team, you know, because Asikor's aspirations weren't title at all, really, were they? And I think... Um, you know, at one point, I think they could have gone six clear if they'd beaten Hoyko in that game. Mm. And and obviously after that, that was kind of when the massive rut started. And I think everything looked like, you know, and I'm an Arsenal fan, and it looks like using another Spaniard, it was like Asiko started playing with a handbrake on. Mm. And everything was like that. And when you see Stevie came into the academy around that time, and obviously I only ever saw the highlights of, of their games, but they looked like mad. They looked like, and I say chaos, but obviously, I mean, I'm sure Stevie will say it was controlled chaos and everything was, I mean, you can't plan for a lot of these things, but at least preparing and, and unpreparing your position and things like that. And I think how that's going to work in Bakehouse League will be interesting because, again, I think Cups are the only team in the top six who haven't changed their manager. So, again, and, and then even, even below that, I think you've probably got four, possibly five of the other six We'll have a new coach as well. So really, it's going to be... Actually, no, tell you what, BPS didn't change. But even so, you've well, got... Well, I should a, think not. But yeah, you've got a lot of people are going to be coming in new. And if if that kind of play comes in, because, you know, people, I'm not saying, you know, football's not about entertaining the masses. I'm sure the coaches will say it's about winning games. But if you can do both... Um, you know, it's nice that finally a manager with the name Stevie G might actually live up to something. But uh, it, it's um, it's interesting to see. And I'll just give a little shout out as well, because um, Ash Civil, who's a, an English coach who did really well with TPV last year, um, is now, I remember the exact job title is something to be about um, working with the young players from their move from the into the academy side from it, is it talent something to do with talent development talent, talent coaching talent yeah. but also and i think the other kind of bullet point was assisting players moving from the junior club team yes. into the academy side so there's an element of that and you know you kind of look at um what richie dorman's doing as the sporting director there looking i mean there's a very anglo element to to what's going on there now but you kind of think you know he's bringing people in and and looking at a conveyor belt mm. of players going up and up and up and up and um i think we you know we, we've joked many times about it but i think it's interesting and, and it's, it'll be fun to see what happens because i think asuko asuko last year would have been that first couple of months it did make things did give the top of the table some flavor and I think some of the things that do it, but then you also see that 
players like Terry Egby are already moving on and his long Yeah, I think, I think that... Um, <laughs> I, I think we would have liked to kept him a bit longer, but mm-hmm. I, and I, I have no, no one official, no one from the club has said anything about this, but I think there's been speculation on social media that it may be sort of 600, 700,000. Now, there will be uh, a sell-on fee going back to his previous club in Ghana. Um, but still, that's a lump of money for Asikor. And of course, you hope that there's a sell-on fee in the other direction so that if he, if he can develop. Bearing in mind, he played for us for about a year. And he's young. He only, only started having like proper football training four years ago. Like, it's mad how raw he was. Um, but so much potential there. And, you know, I think the fans are disappointed to see him go. Um, when the fans had their end of season vote for player of the year, like it was it was won ultimately quite clearly by uh, Villa Dickenen. But Yegbe was on that shortlist for sure. So he definitely made an impact this year. Um, but that's what the club has to do. The club has to... Um, not only for a financial point of view, but also it needs to get a reputation as a selling club. Uh, yeah, and I think to fund the academy, to fund the yeah. stadium, and, yeah. and that that's part of it. You know, clubs have to be, you know, we talked about it with Coops and the, the previous part, I think, where Coops' owner has started saying, I have to tighten the purse strings. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just a COVID, post-COVID thing, but it's just the, the modern world now. You can't lose that much money and I think the fact that they're bringing in you know these young players from Honka uh, two of them will be certainly looking at starting Mm -hmm. in that they've also signed Rasmus Karjalainen who did really well for Olu last season I thought um, after he came back from um, Holland I think it was after being injured for quite a while and, and you know he's an experienced player so I think if they can get that blend right and I think what happened last year was Perhaps the blend became too stark. Um, but I think, you know, get a good first choice goalkeeper in there. And uh I think that's the one that improve. people are a bit curious about at the moment. Like who who might that be? Um, because we've signed, I, I would say we've signed two or three young goalkeepers in the last half a year. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone would like to see like someone with a little bit of a little bit of experience, a little bit of pedigree behind them. Uh, yeah, when you think about the the one who did well last year was the uh, the Arsenal loanee who who was nineteen himself. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's not necessary. Mm. It's not necessarily about age, but mm. you know, if you're if you're a young boy at Arsenal, you're clearly very good. So that's, that's, that's talented at least. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. that Chris, the Latv- Latvian goalie, just vanished without a trace. I think he does. Yes, he <laughs> did. Um, seemed like a nice guy didn't really he he seemed short of confidence and I think yeah. once a couple of things went against you could see and we certainly were short of confidence with him yeah <laughs> um so, I think yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see how Grieve and Lettinen kind of I don't know they've, they've got players who have been trained a certain way for the last two years mm-hmm. and now they've got to learn their way so that will be interesting to see how how the first team can cope with that clearly the players that were playing for them last year will have a bit more of an idea so i don't know you know how the club is kind of a big pool of players that mm. can move up and down between the different teams so that will be that will be something to see how that works out 
But I think across the league, you're looking at um, some of the players. I mean, Ilves should be better than last year. They've signed Vuberiski, um from Hoikor, um, Vettelé from Coops. Um, so they should improve new manager as well. Um, Coops have lost a lot of players from last year and, and haven't brought many in yet. Um, the, I guess Hoikor, who knows really? I mean, they've, they've not made any new signings but I think they always do mm-hmm. um it'd be interesting to see where where things are at that sort of top end of the table because um and I also give a shout out because it made me laugh was that an interplayer left um Rodrigo Arcerio mm-hmm. has signed for Deportivo Moron in Argentina <laughs> it's, so yeah. that did make me chuckle because I have the sense of humor of a 12 year old <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've also signed Albin Granlund, who's a perennial favourite of this podcast. Yes, indeed. Okay, so I will put links to also that analysis article that I mentioned about Asico Academia for uh, the past the past season. If anyone wants to have a look at that, it's long, but there are lots of pictures and photos, and it's worth taking a little bit of time and and reading through it it's given me something to think about when watching the team next next season that's for sure and uh good luck to stevie and uh and tony for the upcoming season from one one fifth of the finnish football show anyway um and also on that um on that same Transfer listings, it's also got about the managers as well. So you want to see what managers are coming in and out. That's on that same Vegas Liga transfers page. Um, I think, Rich, there's only one one other thing that I wanted to mention, which is Hoyiko in the Europa Conference, unless there's anything else that's any breaking news that's come up. Uh, no, not in the last. I haven't really looked in the last okay. hour, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that was Hayton's, that was Hayton's party trick anyway. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Hoyiko Helsinki, they've got their final. You mentioned it just now about the final game away in Greece, so they're playing at Pauk on Thursday, the 14th of December. Um, it's been we, we've heard from Ali, who's been following the team closely, obviously being down in Helsinki and living in Hoyiko's backyard as he now is. Um, Pauk are top with 13 points out of five games, four wins and a draw. Hoyikura bottom with two points out of five games. That's two draws and three defeats. Um, how do you see... <laughs> it's a soft one for you, Rich. How do you see this game going? Mm, let me think. <laughs> um, Pauka, the surprise package of the group. I don't think many people would have saw them winning it as apparently comfortably as they have. Um, I think for Hoyiko, it's been it's been difficult. I mean, they got an absolute schooling uh, in Frankfurt. Um, and I think, again, off the pitch, this is great for them. They, they're earning a lot of money. I think on the pitch, um, they've they've not really. I mean, they, they've been competitive against Aberdeen, um, but realistically, I mean, it, it was a tough draw. It was always going to be a pretty tough draw. Um, they've made quite a lot of money. They've also lost a lot of money in fines, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like they've got a. Um, a stadium a partial stadium closure to come in the next European tie. So um for Pyros, with, with the, no, with so the, the finances. No, so they got fined I think it's 40, 42,000 euros for Pyros. Um I, again it looked know, pretty though. 
It did, and it, it, it was it went viral on social media. But I think um, ever so good. That's good. Can you monetize um, that virality? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think again, you know, the start of each year, Hoyko's aim is win the title and get into the group stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've done it. And so next year they'll be back in the Champions League uh, qualifiers back in the, in July, and um, and yeah, we'll start the cycle again. Making their downward progress from the Champions League <laughs> into the Conference League group stages. Well, they all, that that's the goal. That's the goal. Hey, that's the dream that the rest of us are all chasing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I tell you what, Rich, I think that's a very tidy hour that we've managed to cram a lot into there, and it's going to take me a hell of a long time to put all the chapters into this episode. I hope, listener, that you've uh, noticed that both in the in the podcast and on the YouTube video that there's now chapters. Um, hopefully this helps people when they're searching, looking for the content we're making. And also if you want to share a certain section, um, if you want to, someone wants to share a link to the section where we blow a little bit of smoke up the uh, backsides of ASICOR, then that would be very nice. Good for them to see what we're up to. Um, and maybe don't share a link to what we said about Hoyukor in Europe. <laughs> All right, Rich, thanks a lot for being here tonight. Love it. Okay. Um, we are now going to take a bit of a break from the podcast, have a bit of a rest, um, maybe do a bit of planning for next year. Um, possibly we'll do something between Christmas and New Year, but it'll be a bit of an impromptu kind of get together if we can find a time where at least three of us are available. And that's not always easy nowadays, it seems. So, um, listener, Thanks for joining us. And until the next episode of the Finnish Football Show, goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter at Explore Finland, at FC Swarmy, at Escape to Swarmy, at Kekimulari and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.